Well, hey there. Welcome to the Kim Constable Podcast. Nobody cares. Work harder. How are you all this week? Well, I have a really, really great podcast episode for you today. I have my very good friend, Patty McGurgan, on the podcast today. He is one of the most prolific makeup artists in Belfast. He's very well known, especially here in Belfast and in Ireland, but he's beginning to pick up a bit more of a global following, uh, not only for his incredible skills as a makeup artist, but also for his incredible weight loss. Because Patty has, um, well, he started losing weight about two years ago, really embarked on this weight loss journey. He was a probably Probably, I would say, clinically obese before that. He weighed at his heaviest more than 400 pounds. And he reckons, although he does not focus on the number of the scale, he reckons that he has lost about 140 pounds of his body weight so far and is still losing weight every single week. It has taken him two years to get to this stage. And he hasn't done it through crash dieting or self-flagellation or beating himself up. He's done it very slowly, very steadily, just small incremental lifestyle changes here and there. And his journey is just absolutely phenomenal. So I've been following Patty. Obviously, he's a very good friend of mine. So I follow him on Instagram and I'm always his biggest cheerleader. I'm always cheering him on from the sides and telling him how proud I am of him and how amazing he's done. Because if any of you have done my shred programs, which I know many of you have, then you will know how hard it is to lose body fat. You'll know how hard it is not only to lose it, but to keep it off in the long term. And this is something that Patty has managed to crack the code on. He's managed to crack the code of sustainable long-term lifestyle change. And so I wanted to get have him on here today to, you know, hack into his secrets. I wanted to find out, you know, what motivated him, what has, has been the biggest shifts in his mindset and his psyche. He shares with us, you know, what an average week looks like, an average day looks like, but he also shares some really, really great mind hacks, some things that have completely transformed him in mind first and then in body, which I know you are going to absolutely love if you too are struggling with weight loss or keeping it off in the long term. Or if you just want to listen to someone really funny and really witty and really motivational, I know you're going to love this because Patty is just absolutely hilarious. He has so much wit. It is unbelievable. And I know you're going to love him as much as I do. So yeah, so we're going to go to the interview with Patty now. But before we go there, I know that my lovely assistant Susie sent me the winner of the podcast this week. So this isn't the big winner. This is the small winner. I don't always announce these because quite honestly, I just forget. I'm really sorry. But every single week we do a winner of the podcast. And this is basically every week we send out the podcast email with, uh, you know, obviously announcing this week's podcast with a little summary of it. And we always say in that podcast email, if you're subscribed to our list, if you respond to the podcast email and let us know what you want to hear more of on the podcast, then you will be in with the chance every single week of winning one of our $97 programs. So this week's winner is Carly Ann Keneally, I think it is. Carly Ann Keneally. And she has chosen the four-week shred. So congratulations, Carly Ann. The four-week shred is yours. Thank you so much for replying to the email. And if you want to be in with the chance of being one of our weekly winners on the podcast, simply reply to the podcast email. We don't get very many replies, so you're in with a good chance of winning. And let us know what you want to hear more of on the podcast. And I could be calling out your name as the winner. And then at the start of March, I'm going to call out the grand winner for February. And they can choose any program they want, including including the 18-month Sculpt and Shred program. So I'm going to go to the interview with Patty now, and I will talk to you again at the end. 
Patty McGargan. How are you? So good to have you on the podcast. I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I know. Well, for anyone who has followed me for a long time, they will know that you and I have been friends for a long time and people will remember the Makeup Pro Academy that we were going to do together and then we didn't do it together. But um, so good to have you on the podcast. I've been following your weight loss journey for a long time, as you know, and being your biggest <laughs> cheerleader from the sidelines because I know how hard it is to lose body fat and you have done an absolutely fucking amazing job. So that is what we are going to talk about today. But how the hell are you? What have you been up to? Well, I've, I've been great. I have been, yeah, constantly keeping this focus, um, which is crazy. Um, it's now went on for just over two years. And um, yeah. Is it two years? Two yeah. years. Yeah. Oh my God, Patty, you know what? Tell us, I, I've already done an intro about you, but tell us, um, tell my listeners like a little bit about you, your background, like your age, where you're from, what you do, all that kind of stuff so they can get to know you first. So um, I'm 41, I'm 42 this September, and uh, I've worked predominantly as a makeup artist before that I was a musician. So music was what I studied at university. And yeah, I've lived in Belfast for just over 20 years. And yeah. I suppose throughout that time, I worked, work was always the main sort of crutch that I had and where my passions lay and where I was able to kind of express myself, whether it be music, whether it be makeup, which is also for me, it's art as well, because I do lots of creative stuff. Um, And then I got to the stage where I opened Makeup Pro Store, which is the, the shop. And yeah, it just then created another pile of work and you were working even harder than you previously were. As great as what it, you know, appeared to be, which was, you know, you were building your business and all of those things. I suppose certain things come at, at a price. And mm-hmm. I, for me, it was a case of my health, piling on weight, not looking after myself, not taking enough time out for me. And uh, just constantly feeling guilty all the time if I was to not get back to those emails, not get, uh, not commit to everything that I was asked to do, all of those things. Now, there were lots of different contributing factors as to where, how the weight gain spiraled, but, you know, that was that was a starting point for it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always carried additional weight, um, and I think that was down to the fact, not necessarily just because I was built or had that frame, but I also think it was through a lack of motivation to really get involved within fitness, and, you know, for me, it wasn't the best experience when I was at school, like secondary school, you know, it's either you played football or you kind of just faked, you know, an asthma attack and had, went to the art room, which is what I opted for most of the time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't put myself through that traumatic experience of lining up and have two really good footballers leave you to the very last two. So it was between you and somebody maybe with um, a limp. Yeah. as the last two that were being chosen for their team. I just sometimes just didn't feel like putting myself through that traumatic so experience. I had an asthma attack and done various things to get out of that um, environment. But, it, which then kind of can sometimes make you a little bit angry because I now look back and think, well, I'm actually loving fitness. I'm loving the the understanding that I have um, over how to train different parts of the body. But that was never something that was ever offered. It was either kind of like um, contact sports or, you know, you kind of were left to your own devices. Yeah. Um, anyway, so obviously I just thought fitness wasn't for me. I did genuinely have asthma. So I always thought like maybe running and things like that were never going to be good. But 
nobody kind of really sat me down and explained, but you kind of have to work at it. It's like anything. You're not just going to suddenly be able to run at whatever, mm-hmm. you know, size you are. It's not just something that's going to instantly come to you. Um, so I suppose that's where it's always came. It's always been there. It's mm-hmm. never been absent. There have been multiple attempts at dieting and trying to lose weight. And there's been some successes along the way, but never anything that's been substantially sustained afterwards. Well, before, um, Patty, we get into your actual journey, which I haven't, I mean, I've watched on Instagram. We're friends, yeah. obviously. So I've, I've seen, you know, kind of from the sidelines, I guess, um, what, you know, how much effort you put in and what you've gone through. And as, you know, someone who is a professional bodybuilder and owns a bodybuilding company, I know how hard it is to remain consistent and diet, um, which is why I have so much admiration for you. But let's go back to, I guess, like what, what, so you have lost a tremendous amount of weight. How much, how much have you lost? Well, truthfully, I have absolutely no idea right. because I've been part of this process. And yeah, we'll talk, I suppose at some point we'll talk about how I kind of prepared for this journey, which is part of the psychology that I've went into behind this. Um, so the, to be what, perfect, what were you at your heaviest? I, I think that's probably the best. Stone. 29 and a half stone. So there's four, but now we have to do this. And it was good. All the Americans go, what's stone? Oh, yeah. Like nobody knows what stone is. So is there 14 pounds and 14 pounds in a stone? So you were 29.5 multiplied by 14. You were 413 pounds at your heaviest. Yes. And you're, you're tall, aren't you though? You're six foot one, one, are you? Six mm-hmm. one. So you are, you are reasonably tall, but like that is pretty heavy. And would you yeah. have any idea what you weigh now? Now, obviously you have a lot of muscle because you've been training for a long time, but do you have any idea what you weigh now? I don't know, but there's, uh, there's potentially at least maybe 10 off. Wow. 10 stone, which is 140 pounds, which is just phenomenal. So, so let's go back then to like, let me just ask straight out, like, how did you get so big, Patty? Like, did it start in school? Were you always big in school or were you like, you've talked a little bit there about your journey, but how did it happen? I've always carried a little bit of weight, especially around the, the, the stomach area, my legs and my arms, thankfully, and which has actually been an easy recovery by comparison to so many other people who have had um, a lot of weight gain. Um, so I, I always had slightly more muscular legs. Obviously, as the weight really piled on, that got lost um, and was just basically covered up with fat. Um, but no, it was it was literally constantly eating on the run. So running in, I was running from one job to the next to the next, making really poor food choices. Um, and then I, you just get into really bad habits, really bad routines. And you look as, and to a certain extent, there was periods of a lot of unhappiness as well, which then you were using food as that uh, crutch then to get you through that. And that was your soother. Um, and for me, I was, I would, if somebody said to me, what were your downfalls with food choices? I would always say it was a savory person and sweet wasn't really a thing. But even that went out the window because I got, to, I found myself at a stage whereby I was maybe going in, I would, I would shop day to day, depending on what I was in the mood for. Um, and I was finding myself like taking the, you know, buying a dessert when I was in Marks and Spencer's. And then I was then thinking, what am I doing? You know, I don't even like sweet stuff that much. Of course, I don't dislike it but I don't have the same craving Craving. for Mm -hmm. carbs or potato, you know, all of those sort of foods, which would be definitely um, a much more difficult thing to try and get over. So then it got to the stage whereby I, you pile on the weight and it's, it's that snowball that just literally keeps flying down. You get more exhausted because you're putting more weight on and you're not exercising. 
and then eventually started running and in, running into health problems. So I got diagnosed with type two diabetes. Right. And then um, I also was tested because I was literally beyond exhausted. I mean, I was falling asleep in the afternoons watching TV. So eventually I then went with all of those um, um, things to the doctor and I got tested and I had one of the worst cases of sleep apnea that the respiratory consultant had ever um, tested for. And which in one sense actually gave me a little bit of relief that, you know, there's something medically wrong as right. well as obviously the contributing factor that led to it was the weight gain and not exercising and all of the things that got you to that point. But it was also one of the things that was massively affecting me from getting any type of motivation to try and do something about the weight. So you find yourself in this situation whereby as like you've wanted to scream and you're in a room with no doors. That's how it felt. And you just wanted to find your way out. But you were so exhausted to keep searching. It just it just felt pointless constantly trying to motivate yourself whenever you, you were just, yeah, you were just fighting so hard just to do your day-to-day workload, let alone concentrate on doing anything else. Because you spend a lot of day on your feet as a makeup yeah. artist. You know, you're doing makeup all day, you're walking around the shop, you're constantly on the go. So I'm sure it was even harder to motivate yourself to to get up and do something or to change, yeah. especially because you're so busy. At one point you had how many stores? Three, three stores and three different so makeup stores. Yeah. And you know, I was doing things like I would have been maybe away in the morning doing a wedding. So I'd have been up crazy early, sometimes maybe five, six o'clock in the morning away, do a wedding, be back, maybe do clients in the shop. Then you could have either a fashion show or you could do a photo shoot then in the afternoon. So you were maybe sometimes not even getting home. You were eating late as well, which is a, a big factor. Um, and that's still something that I still have to really manage because, you know, you, you are on jobs sometimes and you don't get home too quite late. And if you do want to fit in a gym session, I couldn't eat and then do gym. So I have, then you have to try to do your gym session and you maybe are eating a little bit later, but you're just eating healthier. So you try to balance that out a bit. So, what, Patty, what changed? What was the turning point for you when you just decided enough is enough? I just become so miserable and so unhappy. Um, I it had started anyway, I suppose, because I had a huge uh, relationship breakup. And you know, you this, and I was reading an article recently, and, and I was reading how a lot of people sometimes get healthy and get fit in a way of getting back at an axe or something. That was that is not the case. But what is the case was I then moved out of the home that we were sharing, and I got my own place, and I, I had full control over everything again. And it was that idea of taking back control. So I didn't have to consult with somebody else as to what they wanted for their for their tea. I was able to take that. And, you know, I think definitely um, being able to make those right choices. So that happened in June 2019. And then what I found was I was on that the beginning of the, the journey and the weight loss, you know, we're starting, I'd started a PT, then COVID hit. And that was then the, the next factor because 
I was still carrying a lot of weight. I'd lost weight, but not anything of huge significance within that uh, maybe six month period. Sorry, can um, I ask you a question? Uh, because I know my my readers will be interested, or my reader, my listeners will be interested in this because a lot of them do struggle with exactly what it is that you're, you know, the journey you've gone through. Mm-hmm. So um, you said that you had you started on the weight loss journey and you'd lost a bit of weight, but nothing of any significance. What did you do in that first stage to lose the body fat? or to to start you on your journey? Did you have a plan? Were you working with a PT? Were you doing meal plans? No, at that point, it was... I, for me, I hate failure. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had previously failed multiple times at trying to get a handle on my weight. I'm like, I try to be someone who achieves their goals when they really put their mind to it. At the very start, you... I, all, everything in my head was like, right, I'm going to do this. I really need to change. You know, a lot's happened here. I need to lift myself out of this mood. Um, you know, the relationship has ended. I need to sort of really try to focus on me. Um, but you always have that doubt in your head going, am I going to fail? Is this all going to go to the wayside? When I start to really pick up and be busy someday, am I just going to forget all of the, those things? So what I'd done was I just took it slowly. I looked at my food. I made better food choices. I got a PT because I really wanted to understand the gym and and do those things. So I was very much feeling my way through that until I felt I could stand up by myself. So I didn't go nuts at it. I I just went, I'm going to try. And I didn't say to many people, I didn't do the meal prep and all of that uh, picked up speed and momentum as the months progressed. And I got, and I started to see little bits of, um, progress and I could noticeably see myself getting fitter and feeling fitter and those sort of things. Um, yeah, that, that's how I, that's how I started. So but, it sounds like you just started slowly. You didn't give yourself yeah. up because I always say to people, never start a gym program or a weight loss program, whatever, when you're motivated do it. It's actually not my saying. It's a guy called uh, Sal Stefano that I, inter- that I interviewed on the podcast. You should, oh my God, you should look him up. He's amazing. And he says, he always advises his clients not to, not, never to um, plan a weight loss journey or, a, you know, getting fit or whatever, whenever they're motivated, do it whenever you're not motivated, because mm-hmm. that is what you're much more likely to stick to. But do you know, find as well something you said was interesting uh, you said you didn't tell very many people I know when I'm really serious about something I don't tell people I don't tell very many people like you almost keep it close to your chest whereas whenever you're almost trying to convince yourself then you go around telling everyone ah, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to the gym and I'm this because it's almost like you're the more you say it the more it cements it but whenever something I think is really uh, strong or whenever you're really committing to something I find that for me personally I am much quieter about it um, you're already, Kim, my advice is you're already putting yourself under pressure by committing to yourself internally, even if it's in your own mind, you've told nobody else, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to lose weight. So if you turn around and you have that um, conversation with multiple people, you're piling on all of this expectation, all of this expectancy. You're, you're then thinking about, oh my God, if I, if I don't succeed, I've told this friend, that friend, this friend, and they're all going to look at me like I'm a failure, all of that. You don't need that shit when you're starting out on this. You just need yourself to focus. And that's my best advice to get started. Um, I mean, everybody's different. And I was trying to lose significant weight. Other people would do something and it's half a stone, maybe a stone. They're very different weight loss journeys. But when you know you have a hell of a mammoth journey ahead of you, yeah, you not, just start off at a pace that you know you're able to sustain. 
and the wheels are not going to come off. You don't need anybody else's approval. You don't need anybody else, you know, step, sticking their nose in saying, oh, come and train with me. I, I go to the gym every day. But that's the last person I would have flipping go to the gym with is some flipping gym bunny that knows everything about it and just makes you crawl inside yourself with embarrassment because you don't know the difference in the apparatus in the gym. And no, that I is get not it. you want to go. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> you just want to go in with a big cap on you and you just want to kind of feel your way and you've got to climatize to the environment. You want yeah. to just, you know, just going in and actually setting foot in the gym. If you're not somebody who is familiar, that's a big enough triumph. You don't yeah. need a whole bossy around you. You don't need somebody holding your hand. Just slowly integrate yourself into this new way that you want to live your life. Did you expect it to take so long? I did because what I sat down and had a realistic conversation with my PT, I looked around at a lot of different people and I based, I was very calculated with who I wanted to go to. Um, I wanted to go to somebody who was in the fitness industry for a long time, who was, in my opinion, somebody who was very knowledgeable, someone who isn't going to just turn around and break you by giving you a routine that literally you feel like you're never going to walk again after. Mm -hmm. somebody who understands the psychology of how to take somebody who is in my position, not familiar with the gym, um, has a huge weight loss ahead of them and needs to constantly work on their motivation as well as handle a busy schedule. So I, I find... So you really did your research. How many times yeah. a week did you start training with your PT in the beginning and how many times a week do you train now? From the very beginning, it's always been twice a week. Excellent. It's never broken. And apart from the, the complete lockdown, um, it's the only time that I have um, missed session every single week. Did you continue to train by yourself outside of the two sessions or do eventually. you just do two sessions? Uh, no, no, no. Like eventually. At the start, it was just the two sessions with mm -hmm. him. And then <laughs> it was the case of then trying to recover between the two sessions. So I, I do a Tuesday and a Thursday. And um, you, you're, you're at the start, you're just trying to get your muscles used to that, you know, feeling. And, you know, now it's, it's, it's a scary thing because I haven't had that feeling, you know, when you've maybe taken a month off or something and you, you're going back in again, that, that weird um, pain. Yeah. Um, doms yeah and that's like it's intense so you'll only ever go through it once you know I remember I the, one of my most famous stories is that whenever I first went to train with Mark Getty who yeah. was let's say who's my current trainer I currently train by myself or with my husband but Mark um, I would consider to be my trainer still and I went to train with him and, and we trained legs and the way Mark trains is very different to the way anyone else I you know it's how we train in the company now it's high intensity training training to failure and <laughs> I went to train legs with Mark this Tuesday and I couldn't walk properly for 11 days I had to walk backwards down the stairs and I was an advanced trainer like I had just done a show a bikini bodybuilding show I was an advanced trainer and been training well in advance been training solidly for two years had done you know had done two years worth of bodybuilding shows and I couldn't walk for 11 days it was in it was insane I've never had pain but I've never had pain like it ever because once you go through it once you know you'll never go through it again um Patty I want to ask as well like how oh my god there's so many questions I want to ask you how have you changed mentally I guess or emotionally like what is I guess it's probably you know impacted you in many many ways not yeah. just physically can you tell us a little more about that it's had huge, and I think I think that's probably the perfect way to lead on to where I got to when it came to the very big. Again, we were talking about the progression with all of this, and it wasn't until COVID hit 
which was March over here. Mm-hmm. Um, everything went down and things closed down. And I find myself in this position that I'd never find myself in or many other people never find themselves in where there was really very little work that I was able to continue doing at the, at the beginning anyway, especially the very first lockdown. Um, and I didn't, I felt this relief and I know everybody has this um, attitude of like, wasn't the lockdowns terrible? Wasn't it awful? It was bloody phenomenal for me. Not from a business perspective, of course, you want to be open and you want to be trading and all of those things. But from a personal perspective, it also spiraled me to work harder as well because I had so many friends. You know, Kim, you know what it was like whenever everybody got hysterical at the very beginning of COVID and everybody was watching those awful scenes in the hospital in Italy and, you know, everybody was then ready to wash their weekly shop in the bath and just the hysteria behind it. I was getting multiple phone calls from my friends who were concerned and thought they were doing brilliant. And they were like, you know, Patty, you need to be really careful. You know, you've got a lot of weight and you've got asthma and you're like, God, there's practically a ward already planned out for you. And it was, you know, a respirator with your name on it. And I was like, thank you so much for the concern. And you just end up feeling so self-conscious. You're like, oh, I'm screwed. I might've lost maybe a stone or something from my sort of diet. But like, what's the point? I never thought about that, actually. That never occurred to me. But of course, yes, you would, you know, that's what they were saying. If you were overweight or you, you know, were asthmatic or any of those things, you had, you know, that you were going to be dead if you basically caught COVID. Absolutely. Oh my God. I might as well just hide under the duvet and never be seen again until COVID disappears or I lose you know half my body fat so I was like oh that's brilliant great that's where we're at now should have started this two years before COVID hit us god but what actually happened was the perfect opportunity for me to go to that mental state of really trying to get find a way to do this weight loss and make it permanent So I started reading different books. I started listening to podcasts. I went on multiple walks. I couldn't remember the last time I went for like a long walk. I wouldn't give myself that much time. An hour and a half walk? No. How many emails would I be able to answer in an hour and a half? And you constantly have this thought in your head, you know, and, oh, I feel guilty. I need to get back. Oh, God. You know, it's as much as I could do to walk the dogs. And then you're, and you know, a dog walks maybe 30, 40 tops. Mm -hmm. um, And you're just like, right, I need to get back. I need to get working. Oh, no, I didn't have that. So I literally just sunbathed in so many positive people. Yes, you didn't have, realistically, you didn't have a lot of your friends around you, but you could surround yourself with really positive people, mindsets, attitudes. And that came through the forms of books and readings. And I couldn't remember the last time I read a book, which I don't technically read. I audiobook everything. Um, I love audio audiobooks. Yeah, for me, it's a better way of concentrating on what they're saying. And that was the start of me trying to change my mindset, which was the strongest element of this weight loss for me, was the fact of being able to say to myself, okay, I'm going to take things bit by bit. I'm going to work out what all my bad habits are and whatever I'm going to do, I'm certainly not going to change them all at the one go. I'm going to take them bit by bit. I'm going to either replace them or try to reduce them or whatever whatever habit that was, that's how I mentally approached it. where I started from, as you said, how do you feel now compared to where you were at the, even at that stage? I was just so miserable inside. I mean, for me, it was the case of my job requires me to be upbeat. It requires me to do stage demonstrations, to be the jokey, witty character. And that's really what I was, a character. And I was playing a part and I was playing it really well. But that was not the same person that was at home at the end of the day. 
you know, and really struggling to see any appreciation from me or who I was as a person. I had the ability, and I one of my greatest things that I love about my job is I have the pe- the ability to make people look and feel beautiful. Yes, you could say superficial, and it's only a temporary thing, but I knew too well what it felt like to not feel beautiful and to not be able to have that confidence that you should have when you look in a mirror. And that's one of the things that has absolutely drew me into this. And many makeup artists are the same because they have that, I suppose, that compassion for people and their and their emotions. And we're highly emotive people anyway. We're very heightened with our senses of like um, how emotion plays such a massive role in what we do and how we feel and all of those things. Well, they always say that you, uh, how you most want to feel on the inside is how you will try to make others feel and how you like to be taken care of is how you will take care of others. Yeah. And we're always, we're always protecting and taking care of our inner child and that shines through another. So of course it makes sense. Like that's why you've been so driven to help women to feel beautiful, to look beautiful, to, you know, to have that sense of transformation when they sit in your chair. Like it makes perfect sense now whenever you say that. I love that. Yeah. And um, like fast forward to now and it's a case of, I just feel a completely different person. I'm genuinely happy. Um, Like every day, like you have shitty days. I mean, but that's okay. But I was having shitty years. Yeah. And, you know, right now I have, um, a really nice balance on being able to sustain this. And this has always been the fear, you know, like, the COVID was very difficult because you were up and down and up and down. And you were thinking, okay, as we integrate back into working life, the fear, that fear comes on you that you're going to slip back. You're going to not have that same time to get to the gym and all the rest of it. But I think the way that COVID actually did come back was things were slowly moving forward. So it wasn't like all the same workload hit you at the one time and it was like a tsunami. You were back doing makeup, but you maybe just weren't as busy because the other places weren't open or photo shoots weren't as frequent. So it's it's allowed me to reclimatize to being able to create a better environment to continue this weight loss. I love that. You know, they do they a lot of people do talk about COVID as being like the great reset. It's like yeah. it was like a massive world reset if you believe in, you know, energy and and universal principles and that kind of stuff, which I, and I do believe it was for so many people. How has the reaction been on Instagram? Because actually, let me tell you something before you answer that, because I remember, um, uh, I remember whenever we were going to do the business together, the makeup pro store. Mm -hmm. And we, so I remember Mark, my creative director at the time saying to me, you know, we need to see more Patty on Instagram. We need to see more Patty because your Instagram is obviously full of pictures and videos of your beautiful makeup and and what you do every day. But there was very, very little of you in it. Mm -hmm. And you have such a great personality. But what I love now is there's so much more of you on your Instagram. And, you know, we love seeing you. I love following you. I love seeing you. I love seeing what you're up to and all your funny antics and your gorgeous wee dog. But tell me how the reaction has been from, you know, your online fans, local people. It's It's been overwhelming. Um, I've been met with so much um, love and um, just, just beautiful comments. And um, yeah, very, very supportive. I've had no negativity. Um, so... You know, there's been nothing coming about. And yeah, I wouldn't have posted anything unless I really had to. Again, I just didn't really. I would much prefer to see a beautiful model and see my um, overweight face on my grid. I was, you know, give me the egg. 
Yeah, um, you hit. I, I, I get it. It's a slow process. That's part of the process as well of kind of like having that confidence. I don't lack confidence when I'm standing talking about makeup or what I'm passionate about or what I've learned to build my confidence in, which is I know I'm good at my job. I know I've worked really hard and I know makeup. And to a certain extent, I've hidden behind that ability for such a long time. It almost feels a little bit like, well, somebody's really tugging up my uh, security blanket here and they're trying to really rip it off to kind of leave me there with nothing to kind of shield behind. And that's what it feels like bit by bit, your confidence is getting to the stage where I'm going, yeah, do you know what? I don't actually feel as as um, turned looking at a picture of myself anymore. You know, those things are all huge triumphs. And, you know, you said earlier, what weight have you lost? And I said, well, uh, there was one of the books I read, which was your focus on a number. There's no number from any time I've ever sat on or stood on scales that has been the biggest thing to rip my heart out or put me in a place where... Um, you're completely distraught within yourself. Whenever you have to be in positions like you are sweating profusely because you're at a show, because you're overheating, because you're just too warm in the environment, or if you're getting a flight and you have to go to the embarrassing point of asking for an extender for a seatbelt, or so all of those things are the more traumatic to me than what that number says on the scales. So I don't want, I have never wanted the amount of work or the amount of effort I've put into my um, diet to, and it's not a diet. It's just a different way of having nutrition. Well, it's, it is a diet. It's yeah. It's, a lot of people have a very negative connotation of the word diet. You know, I would say, oh no, thanks, I can't. You know, have that because I'm dieting, and they're like, oh, oh no, I don't like that word. I'm like, why not? And they say, oh, because you know, I'd like to be on a diet. And I'm like, well, I'm a bodybuilder, and we diet because for me, whenever I diet, I start on a specific date and I finish. I'm on like on twelve week diet, so the diet starts, the diet finishes. The rest of the time, I'm just eating and training. You know, yeah. so you know, for me, a diet has for bodybuilders, a diet has a start point and an end point with a goal. For many people, I think dieting, you know, people are perpetually women, especially, are perpetually on diets. They're on them, they're off them, they're on them, they're off them. They're constantly, you know, battling with trying to lose weight rather than, you know, setting an end goal and kind of working towards it over a very specific um, period of time. So mm -hmm. I, I get that I get the negative connotation with it, but I also think we have to reframe the word dieting as well, or the, the we have to reframe dieting and think of it as something that you know reaches an end goal, I yeah. guess, or has a specific purpose. Well, which I think you're also you, I get what you're saying about that, but then I have, if you want to use the word diet, been on multiple diets as well, and diet has always had that representation to me where, as you said, you use a diet for a certain period of time. But for me, this was something that I wanted to make my new way of living. Yes. It couldn't ever be viewed as a diet. No, 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 you're so right. Whilst I'm doing a complete modification over what way I ate, what I ate, all of that. Yeah, it's a complete overhaul. Diet to me was like all the things I'd previously done and you're counting down the flipping seconds until you could go, okay, I've done, I've done my three weeks now, I can have a fish supper. Yeah. You know, this way, what I'd done was if I wanted to have a Chinese, I will have a Chinese. I'll make a healthier choice when I order from there. I will bust my ass the next day at the gym and I'll eat clean the next day. And so everything that I've wanted. So it's never felt like a diet, even though yes, it technically has been a diet because I've rechanged all of the amount of calories I've taken in and done those things, but it's never been at any point have I ever felt hungry, which I've have done in previous diets, which that's always in the back of your head going, Oh my God, diet means hungry and starvation. And like, I'm just going to hate every part of it. That couldn't be the case. Um, I dieted for 14 days and lost 14 days of joy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah. it's it's literally the, and that's part of the psychology behind because it's not rocket science. I've at a better I've been in calorie deficit and I've exercised my ass off. That's how I've lost the weight. But to be able to sustain it, which yeah. has been the biggest ability to have a significant weight loss, it's been the mental attitude and the shift towards all of those things. The likes of okay, well I've you know I've had really clean this week. I've done this amount. I get on the scales and I've only lost two pounds. Oh, I'm totally deflated. Give me the Ben and Jerry's. It's not worth it anymore. You know, I didn't want to be that any. And for me, I've had hell of a lot more successful weigh-ins through this process, which is like reversing the type two diabetes. I'm on no medication anymore. Great, I'm congratulations. Not, I don't have sleep apnea anymore. Wonderful. I got a flight and didn't have to ask for an extender. I went for a spa break and didn't freak out because the dressing gown mightn't fit or be the right oh, size. Yes. So you know, this has been like the shit that nobody talks about, Kim. Yeah. And the things that are very internal, and you're not going to turn around and have that really, even sometimes with your friends, you're going to, even it's too cringy to have a conversation with them. But inside there are things that kind of chip away at you, your confidence and all of those things. All of that has all changed. So yeah, going back it's to all, It almost feels like if I try that and it's almost like, you know, you're almost having all these new experiences. Like I can imagine going into a spa and not having to worry, does the, you know, yes. does the the robe fit or going on a plane? You're like, look at me sliding into the seat all slim and gorgeous, you know. I, and I, have, to make this, I have to make this tight. They're so big. <laughs> They're like, why do they make these seats so roomy? God damn it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to make you laugh. Patty and I were chatting at the start. For those of you listening, Patty um, is a big fan of face therapy and I, as I am. Lisa has been on this podcast a couple of times as well, actually. Oh, um, Patty's a big fan of face therapy. In fact, I'm going to tell them how that started. So Patty messaged me one day and he was like, Kim, I need Botox and I need Lisa. Can you hook me up? I was like, Patty, I'm going to hook you up with my girl. And I messaged Lisa. I was like, Lisa, I need you to do me a favor because you can't get an appointment with Lisa. It's like months. If you want to book in with Lisa, it's like, she'll be like, oh yeah, I can fit you in in June. And so I was like, Lisa, I need you to hook, hook up my homie and he needs to come in for his Botox. And it was for, I think it was for Pride, wasn't it? Wasn't it yeah. for, um, for the Pride weekend? And uh, Lisa was like, okay tell them to come like nine o'clock Monday morning. And I was like, oh, love you. This is amazing. And now every week, all I see on Patty's story is I'm just in from a thread lift. I'm just here getting my well, body in and she had a cancellation and I had said about obviously losing weight. You know, one of the downsides is you mm. lose that, those fat. Here, uh, tell us, okay, let's talk about that. Cause that is something that we get asked all the time. What work have you had done since you lost weight? And is it the confidence that makes you want to have work done? Or is it only you're like me? You're like, oh yeah, it's got Botox and fillers and this and that whatever you just like yeah. let, it, let it hang out there um or tighten it all up there actually but uh so what work have you had done um has it given you more has the work given you more confidence is that why you've gotten it done or is it because you've had bits that you've wanted to kind of hook up and also let's talk about the loose skin that is a big question i get asked all the time which i don't know the answer to so let's talk about fillers yeah. botox face stuff first and then let's talk about loose skin if that's well, okay first of all when i had all of the weight on i didn't get botox because i just was that miserable about myself i just thought well, what's the point yeah i'm still gonna i'm still gonna look like crap anyway so i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna waste the money so you actually don't even feel that you had the confidence to actually go ahead and do something like that so the first thing on my cosmetic journey, which is a whole other journey, um, I, I went to Turkey and I got a hair transplant. I remember. I thought, do you know what? I've worked really hard. And I, I think that was on, that was the January. It started June and um, the diet. And I, and I thought, right, for Christmas, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to go to um, Turkey. And I researched it and I took off in the beginning of January. 
and best money I've ever spent because whilst I still had lots of weight on, the difference that gave me in confidence. Um, and everyone said, oh, you couldn't really notice. And I was like, yeah, because you have to check the wind direction every time you walk out your front door in case it's flipping blows the wrong direction in your hair. <laughs> I remember you your hair transplant. It was amazing. That was about the time whenever we were going to do the business together. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And it's been, it's still been successful, has it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. And, uh, you know, I've done different treatments to sustain that. So that's been the first thing because that was massive. That was, mm-hmm. you know, and again, you feel so much more youthful whenever your hair is back to being fuller and um, mm-hmm. all of that. In terms of other things, I've had um, Botox because, again, as the, they always have that saying, there's no lines in a balloon, which was mm-hmm. the case because I had very few lines because of the weight being there. It kind of kept everything much smoother. But then as the weight come off, you start to notice fine lines coming through and all of that. Um, and I always am a huge fan of um, Botox and I suppose a little as early as you need to, because mm-hmm. I believe it makes perfect sense to take that strain off the same muscles that create your expression. So if you laugh, you smile, you shout, you scream, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you constantly use those same muscles that get tired and you want then to give them. Basically, you want to give them a holiday and force your face to use other muscles to contract the same expression. Makes perfect sense rather than creating. Here, you totally went into your makeup. I was like, that was that was Patty's professional voice. He went into there. I guess that was great. I love that. Yeah, I like that. Okay, I really like that. Actually, never thought about that. You're basically giving your muscles a rest. Yes, maybe I just popped myself into that. It's amazing. But like, look, I can still raise my. People always say, "Oh, Kim's really frozen." I'm like, I can raise my eyebrows. I can frown. I can like, I'm not frozen. It's all my haters on Tattle love to say that I'm frozen, but um, not that I give a shit about what they think. But I, yeah, but the way Lisa does like. Botox and everything is just so sympathetic. It's not yeah. like you, your face still moves. You never have. Oh, she's just incredible. But anyways, go on. So you got your Botox, and so then now, then I got um, the last time I was with Lisa, which was probably after Halloween or something. Maybe maybe a little bit later than that. Um, I had really significantly noticed again round the side of my um, cheeks. Yeah, and these well, ones here, your really, marionette lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had really started to become quite heavy. So she put a little bit of filler just there. And she said, you know, I don't want to do anything more because I know you're still trying to lose more weight. And, you know, um, she did sort of say about the PDO threads as being something that's going to be really effective. But she wanted to kind of get me down as much as she could. Um, so then skip forward to Botox appointment yesterday and a client then not being able to make their next appointment after me. And she said, right, let's do it. And we did. And I was yeah. watching this on Patty's Instagram going, I know how much Patty laughs and I know how much fun we normally have whenever we're together. And he's not going to be able to laugh tomorrow. On no, this I'm podcast. laughing like a weirdo. Because <laughs> you're um, like, oh, because it does. Because I, I had the threads. I've had them in my eyebrows and I've had them in my cheeks, as you know, not at the same time. Whenever I saw you getting done at the same time, I was like, fuck, he's a sadist. So, um, yes, but they're, how do they feel? They feel good today. They look amazing. Like your eyebrows, your whole side of your face is lifted. Around the eyes as well. And it's just... I mean, everyone thinks when you do things like this that you're going to end up looking like a cat or something. And it's how you want to look. Everyone is going to take everything too far. Yeah. You know, you're going to have that. It's people say, oh, I don't wear makeup. Oh, I don't want to be caked in it. But you're only going to cake it if you put that much on it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Trial. Just work, do, it, do it the way you like it. It still makes it a good thing. Yeah. And it still works. But um, so I've done that. New life teeth. I got new teeth um, as well. Uh, I just thought that was a good filter. But that's actually new teeth. Did you get veneers? 
I got a composite bonding and composite veneer through the top bit. Wow. Amazing. Do you always notice your teeth whenever you're smiling in your photos? And I was like, is that just a really good filter or does he have new teeth? I'm always <laughs> inspecting. You know? Here, tell us, Patty, about loose skin, because one of the things I get asked about continually is, Kim, do you have any loose skin? Now, of course, I've had four children, so my belly was stretched, but my belly was stretched four times for only a short period of time. And then, you know, kind of shrunk back. So although I do, yes, I do have loose skin in my stomach, I actually don't have a lot. Um, it depends on what position I'm, I'm in. If I'm on a plank or something, <laughs> it is not attractive. But um, so I just was wondering, I do a lot of people do ask me, you know, does the loose skin ever go? Does it bounce back? For me personally, it bounced back over like my, my oldest child now, or my youngest child is 10. So over 10 years, my skin has really bounced back a lot. It's taken a long time. Um, but how do you, do you have, do you find you have a lot of loose skin or how are you coping with that? The only place that I have a skin issue would be the lower part of my stomach. Um, the, the very, very, very edge of it. Mm-hmm. So it is, I mean, it's still, I still have more weight to lose. I'm still, you know, the, the summer is kind of where my two-year goal, my strong two-year goal is kind of coming and that's my finish line. Not to say I'm not going to do more stuff. Of course I am. I'm just saying that was the benchmark of where I wanted to really work towards. Um, yeah, it might be something I potentially in the future would look at uh, another procedure. Tommy to yeah. Mm. Um, and I have looked at a couple of really advanced treatments that uh, are available and here in Ireland, actually. Um, and I, I know a couple of clients who have had their had the procedure done Mm-hmm. A friend and, of mine's had two tummy tucks. She had three kids and she had really? two tummy tucks. Yeah, really successful. They did great. Um, I, but it's not as bad. I don't have any issues with my arms or legs or anything. So I'm so fortunate that mm. I don't have any issues with that. But yeah, it would only be the, the lower part. It It isn't massively killing me at the minute or anything like that. Um, I suppose maybe, maybe because I'm less at the end where I'm at that pernickety stage of being yes. so... You're still just so delighted to not need the yeah, extender on the seatbelt. Like, keep going, and, and I can still see because you know, you know uh, more than anyone that you know your stomach is the last area to really start to it is. right back down. And, you know, your face gets it. You everywhere else sort of it's much quicker to lose. You lose fat from the top down. You yeah. really do. You lose it from the top down. People always say to me, you know, why are my, well, you know, especially women as well, why are my quads not showing? Like in a bodybuilding show, um, depends on the type of body you have. If you're a real ectomorph, then, you know, you you do lose it all over. But your stomach and your your butt and your glutes and everything, they're always the last ones to lose body fat. It's it's on a woman, it's her stomach and her glutes and her butt. On a, on a man, it's more his stomach. That's the hardest part to shred. Do you yeah. have a body goal, Patty? Do you have something you're like, I want to look like this? You know, even in your mind, or have you got a picture, or no, not the same? You have to show your picture, but I laugh. No, I don't. I, I realistically, I don't think I'm going to get to this goal. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I always I say to people, doesn't matter if you if you never get there. Like you, but you have to have something that you're working towards. The body that I'm obsessed with at the minute is the the guy in Reacher on Prime. Oh, I have to look him up now. Call, um, the guy in Reacher and Prime. Um, okay. Reacher. Prime. I mean, oh, 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 I like me likey. Hang on. Uh, this guy here. Yes. The big oh, one. one with no clothes on, Ken. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. I mean, go, go for the, images. The actual series. He doesn't have the clothes on. Oh, re- um, oh, 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 this. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That looks like my husband's that's, body. That's, actually, that's not Ryan's not as Ryan's not as Ryan isn't as tall. Ryan's only six foot, and and he's quite lean. But like, that's exactly the kind of shape that he has. Yeah, 
I could lend you Ryan if you want. Just <laughs> <laughs> pimping out my husband. Oh, he is that him there? Yeah. Oh, he's sexy. He's like, and he the picture you showed me there with him coming out of the water. That's him really ripped in reacher. He's less ripped, but in phenomenal physique. I don't want a twelve pack. That I, well, I wouldn't turn it down. But I'm saying <laughs> that necessarily isn't where I want to get to. I just want to be as lean as possible without, you know, crucifying myself on nutrition and every single day and stuff, you know. Here, I have one more question for you. I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. I have one more question for you. So um, I remember saying to you, I remember saying to you years ago, I'm just like scrolling through, <laughs> scrolling through all the pictures of your man there. I remember saying to you, uh, I think it was when we first started losing the weight, or I, I can't even remember what it was before. We were, we were messing around one day or chatting on Instagram and I was like, you know, you're going to be in hot demand. Like all the guys gone up chasing you. Have you found you've had a few new uh, love interests uh, <laughs> coming after you these days? Are you a bit of a pin up, Patty? No, I'm definitely not a pin up. Fuck, get uh, away. Fuck, I think you are. Let me tell you. I think you're hot. I keep showing uh, everybody. There's a, there's one that the Belfast, there's on the Belfast Telegraph, I think it is. They did like an article on you recently. You know, that real high end paper in Belfast, the Belfast Telegraph. Um, the, fuck, I hate that paper. But anyway, they did this, but they did a great article on you and they showed it before and after. And there was one, a picture they took from your Instagram, I think it was, where you took it yourself and you're standing with a black shirt on. You have your hands in your pockets and you're so handsome. And I keep showing that to people. I keep going, have you seen my friend Patty? Look, this is him before. Or like this is him after I keep googling it and showing it to people like it's <laughs> so good like you're so attractive you know and you you oh, wouldn't you you, uh, you were always attractive and you always had a really great personality but I guess once you once all the body fat came off like you're so attractive it's just yeah I did I suppose you, you you couldn't really see the full person that was in there if that makes sense so mm. In answer to your question, yes, there's been a couple of flame emojis flying about. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, there again, has. Is that new for you? <laughs> yeah, really new. Is it? Um, are you a bit like, oh, I'm not sure how to handle this here? So, or are you like, God, oh, come on, take it on your stride? Going, Why do they do that flame emoji? <laughs> and they're like, and I'm going, who oh, is that person? And yeah. Yeah, that means hot, by the way, just in case yeah. you didn't know. Did you know that that well, means hot? I then had to work it out. And hot, hot, hot is three of them. <laughs> You're like, what is this? Is someone on fire? What does this mean? <laughs> you know what? It's, you're still looking for somebody that isn't just, you know, that fickle either with what the aesthetic is. It's for me, it's always going to be about a connection and hmm. humor and intellect and you just here, want that if perfect you fancy the day, if you fancy the pants off them too, that's an added bonus. I fancy the pants off my husband. Honestly, I do. I I just think he's the hottest man alive, and of course he's not the hottest he's man alive. There are hot men out there, but I just look at him every day, and I just think he's the hottest man I've ever met in my entire life. And he stimulates me intellectually, and we we have a phenomenal relationship, Ryan and I. And I just think he's amazing, and I just think you can have both. You know, you really you yeah. really can. I do think it's important, you know, to that you that you fancy the person that you're with as well because I don't know it just makes things a wee bit more interesting but you know Patty I'm your biggest supporter and you know that I'm always cheering you from the sidelines I think what you have done is like just phenomenal because it I mean I you know I interact with women every single day in my bodybuilding company and Many of them are very overweight. Some of them have a little weight to lose. Some of them have, you know, just a little bit to lose. Yeah. And, and but what they struggle with more, the reason why I wanted to have you on today specifically is, is what they struggle with the most, I guess, is just 
consistency, losing the losing 30 pounds is easy. I always tell people losing 30 pounds is easy. Keeping the 30 pounds off, that is the hardest. So what I would love you to finish with is, can you just tell us like, what does an average week look like? What does an average day kind of look like if there is one? And what does an average kind of week look like for you in terms of what kind, you know, how do you manage or, or, or look at your food if you do, or maybe you don't, how do you, you know, what kind of cardio are you doing on a weekly basis? Is it scheduled? Is it just off the cuff? Um, what kind of gym training are you doing? Like, what does an average week look, look like for you now? Okay. So, um, it varies a little bit. So I'll give you like, I suppose an extreme version of it, like where I try, where I, my absolute, where I try to get to on a perfect week. So I was like, I've done my five out of five perfect days. Love it. Um, uh, for me, I try to do a cardio session in the morning. So really early before, so I'll try to be in the gym for about seven o'clock and um, I keep picking different things for cardio. So at the minute I'm obsessing over the Stairmaster. Before that I was running um, and I took a little bit of break from running just because of a bit of a hip problem. But again, that was something that you build on where I couldn't walk 5k to begin with, without having to sit down with bad back and all of that to eventually being able to run it and then getting obsessed with your times and finding wee things within your cardio that are like wee personal goals that keep you motivated even within that. The stepper has been like, going up in time and going up in level so yes. I wanted to get to level you know starting level seven now I'm on level 11 and you wow. know that's everything and then I started off with 30 minutes and now I'm at 45 minutes and you know and then I love like being dripping I know a lot of I know a lot of PTs are like oh you don't need to be sweating in order to be working hard in the gym and that's great that's fine but you do I when like you're doing dripping. cardio sweat yeah. and slow steady cardio means that your body is right in the fat burning zone yeah so I like that um then on a so that would be like on a Monday. Then Monday night, I always try to go to my new favorite obsession, which is hot yoga. And oh my God, it's just so, so good. I'm really addicted. And do, you ever, do you ever think to yourself, who are you, who even am I? Is this my life? Oh. I get up in the morning and I go, I go for a run and then I work and then I go for hot yoga in the evening. hundred percent. Like even my friends are going, who the hell are you? You know, they're, they're literally going... I can, you know, whenever they're saying, do you want to go around here? Do you want to do this? Or do you want to go out for food? And I'm going, no, I've got hot yoga book tonight. They're like, you're a bore. Who are you? Or I'm saying, or I'm the person that's saying, do you want to do a 5K run? Whereas like if someone had said that to me, I would have threw a takeaway carton at their head. <laughs> um, at one point, you know, that's where they came to. In terms of nutrition, day to day, I, I don't tend to be great with breakfast. I'm trying to be better at it, but I tr- sometimes skip that and if you want to call it intermittent fasting, although that's not really what it is. It's just, I don't like breakfast in the morning. And I then sometimes save those calories for maybe lunch and afternoon um, food. I do get meal prep and um, very kindly given to me from Slim's, um, which really helps, especially uh, for my lunches, all my lunches. I do try to do the afternoons as well. And I maybe will supplement it because for me being bigger, I maybe add some brown rice or something to one of those meals just mm-hmm. to bulk it out a little bit. Yeah, but you're tall, so you would need more yeah. calories, especially um, and also you're burnt. You know, you're building a lot of muscle now. So sometimes I like to actually go and cook myself in the afternoons as well. So you know, it's not every single day. Tuesday I have my PT, so I have to do cardio um, in the morning. So I've started my new thing on on Tuesday. I try to do a spin class. Um, again, each one of these things, I don't know. I'm sure lots of your listeners will find themselves in that position where they're constantly seeing if they can do something. So for me, when I went to my first spin class, I was like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do it? And, and that was even like quite far into the weight loss. 
And I'd done it and literally smashed it. And I went, oh my God, I can do it. Like, wow. And this I'm is getting so many goosebumps as you're talking during this and podcast. Even like with my yoga, I kept going to the one yoga, hot yoga instructor. And then I went, okay, okay, I'm going to, I've been at this now six months. I'm going to go to another type of instructor. And she's asked me to do these moves and I'm doing them. And, oh my God, I can actually do that. I've never tried to do it before. I can look through my legs. But right. that's not maybe one of the moves that I'd previously learned because your flexibility's improved. Um, so yeah, those are the Tuesday and Thursday are my PT days. Wednesday, I do uh, weights myself. So um, I'll do the opposite to what I'm going to do on the Thursday. Um, yeah, and I just keep changing it up. I try to do Monday to Friday. I'm always working at the weekends. And yeah, so, like, if I go and have some drinks on a Saturday night, I'll see what I'm like on the Sunday, but it's okay to rest. I don't feel guilty. Have um, you got to the point now where it feels better to do it than to not do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, the amount of times it's been proven to me where I'm maybe working flat out, I've been running from one thing to the next, and maybe you have a PT session booked, for example, and I would never cancel. So if you say to yourself, I don't give a shit, what do you have to do to get there? Finish work early, say no to a job. So yes, you might turn down whatever it is, but your health has got to come first with this, unless you're going away and it really can't be avoided. But there's, I tell you what, there's very few times I've ever had to reschedule to a different day when I've been doing this because I've been so focused on not allowing myself to be that person that is so flippant with changing things. And the amount of times I've went in and went, oh, God, I'm so tired, I'm really stressed. And um, and he he's very clever. He'll get, if somebody's pissed me off or something, coming out the door and work or something's happened and you're like, right, tell me about it. What is it? And, and what did you say? And I'm retelling the whole story. I went, yeah, she was, yeah, she was so cheeky. She was so nasty to me. Right, okay. Then we're going to pile on the weight and he's like, he's making that anger go into it. And he's like, go on. And you're lifting heavier. And he's like, yeah, you just got a personal best there because you're absolutely off in one. And then halfway through your training session, you're so ecstatic and you're just buzzing. And at the end of it, you're like, I want to do it again. So that person that nearly crawled their way in from exhaustion and being really pissed off, actually, I was leaving just completely euphoric. Yeah, because you and don't realize the gym. I know that is how it works. Yes, the gym changes your state. So yeah. it's a state change. They always say about the hardest part about getting to the gym is getting there. Once yeah. you're there, you may as well be there. That happened to me this morning. So on a, on a Wednesday morning, I now train with my husband. We train legs and we train and David Lloyd. And instead of we have a gym at home, as you know, but I like to switch it up sometimes. So we have got into the routine now of on a Wednesday. Well, I get into a routine very quickly about things. So for the last two weeks, uh, we got up in the morning. We, we usually wake early. I did a bit of work. Um, and then our chef arrives at eight. So we had breakfast before we left. And then we went, to, we were at the gym for about 8.30, quarter to nine. We trained quarter to nine, quarter to 10. We were home for 10 o'clock. So we got to eat before we trained. So I like, I'm not an early trainer. Ryan likes to get up and be in the gym by like six. I like to wake up, have my coffee, do a bit of work in the computer, kind of, you know, ease myself into my day. So um, I'm not a really, whereas he's like, right, we're awake. Let's get up and let's go. I'm like, it's too early train legs. So of course I was in a wee bit of a sufferer this morning. I was going to the gym. I was like, I really don't want to be here because we got up this morning early. And he was like, right, come on, let's go. We'll be there for seven and we'll get it done. I was like, but that's not how Wednesday goes. On Wednesday we eat and then we train. He was like, well, let's train and then eat this morning. Let's do it in reverse. I was like, I really don't want you to feel like it. And I was like having a wee suffer and I was getting dressed and went into the gym and I was like all glum. And, and he said to me, what the fuck is the matter with you? I was like, just let me have a wee suffer. I just, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just going to give myself some grace to really not be feeling it today. And of course, because, and then I just said to myself, you know what, Kim, you're not feeling it today. Just don't even lift heavy. Just don't even, don't even go to your heaviest weights and anything. Just 
do what feels good. And of course, then I got on the leg extension. I was like, oh, I looked at the pins. I was like, oh, fuck, full stack. Go for it. You know, 125 kilo, fucking whack it on. I banged out 10 reps. And then we were on the next one. I was like, oh, okay, it's fucking full stack. Go for it. Just throw it on. Did the next one. Then we went into the leg press. Ryan started piling on the kilos. And I was like, that's 350 kilos. And he was like, no, it's only 250. I said, there's plates on the top. And he was like, shit, I thought those were like rat plate holders. I was like, no, Ryan, those are on the machine. Banged out 350, did 120 kilo squats, had the best, like smashed PBs and everything today crawled into there had no food 7 a.m felt like shit and if i had believed the stories and the lies i was telling myself i would have been i wouldn't have gone to the gym i actually at one point considered just saying you know what you go on i'll train myself later i really don't feel like it i was so invested in in the in the story i told myself of i'm not an early trainer i don't have enough energy when i don't eat before a train i'm not feeling good today i'm not gonna like i had all this shit that i was telling myself do you know what i mean that that i was almost allowing myself to believe except that i know through experience of years and years and years of training no matter how you feel no matter how you wake up no matter how little sleep you get no matter how hungover you are if you have a date with the gym you fucking go you just go you just go and you don't let yourself off the hook. And when you're there half the time, as you say, you have this incredible state change and you come out and I come out and I was like, smash my PBs. Like, you know, did 120 kilo squat at the end of my session, the very, very last exercise, which is normally my second exercise. So I felt really, really good about myself. And I think that if everybody could just, if, if everybody, you just want, you just want people to understand that now, don't you? When you see people who are struggling with their weight or do you get, do you get a lot of questions? People ask you questions all the time. Yeah, and I try to get back to everybody as much as I can, but I, I never want to come across as like the person who's telling people how this how you have to do it because I think everyone's journey is so personal to them. Everyone's circumstances are different. I've had a step up at different parts, the likes of like getting sponsored with the meal preps, the likes of even getting, you know, being able to have the ability to do uh PT and, and you know, there's yeah, because different- you've, well, you've worked hard to build a business to be able to afford a PT. A lot of people yeah. can't do that, but it doesn't mean they don't have options. They no. still have options. They can train from home. They could do a body weight at home. Like our jailhouse shred is pure body weight exercises done at home with really simple nutrition. There's options That's open why, to you know, everybody. Courses like yours are so important because they, they give people the option of, you know, having that online. They're constantly having that support all the time, no matter where they're at. Um, but I do think it is a case of, you know, you can make excuses to come home, but mentally you have to get yourself in that right frame of mind to say, to commit to it. And then you have to look at everything. Like whenever you talk about psychology, you have to go into everything to do with food. I had to really understand my full relationship, which I think is something that's really important for anyone looking to lose weight, which was food being a trigger, you know, a soother, uh, you know, where it stems from in your childhood, most times that there's something linked to a childhood memory or, you know, there's always those things. And it doesn't mean that you're instantly, once you work it out, then everything's completely eradicated. It just means that you're able to recognize your own trait whenever it resurfaces and comes to kind of stand in your way. And I think every single part of that and just take small bits of it at a time. Just the fact that if you, if you go to the gym and you only do half an hour, you really want to do an hour, you're never going to regret whatever time you've spent there, even if you have a crappy session, um, because you're going to have a brilliant session as well. And we all have sessions where we're like, oh, I'm just not I'm tired. I'm maybe strained my arm a little bit the previous day or whatever it is. And you just have a blah type of session. Um, but at least you, you showed up and you did it. You showed up, you done it, and you yeah. just, you're not sitting at home, you know, flaking out on the sofa just going oh, I feel so deflated I feel this because you're just gonna feel like crap 
Yeah. It's like a next step process, isn't it? It's like a, you know, it's like you have to access your motivated state because you're nobody when they're lying on the couch wants to get up and go to the gym. Nobody ever, but you just have to say, okay, I'm just going to do my next step. Watch my next step. Well, I'm just going to sit up. Okay. Now I'm sitting. I'm not lying. Okay. I'm going to put my shoes on, right? Put my trainers on. Okay. What's the next step? Well, I'm maybe going to lift my gym bag, you know? So it's about just like motivating yourself to get there. Cause once you're there, you may as well train. Patty, I could talk to you all day <laughs> as you know, but I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up. Went, by the so way. fast. Well, I realized we started a wee bit late, so that's why I let it run a bit. But people always shout at me um, whenever I do this podcast, if I let it go over 60 minutes, because they're like, my cardio was only 60 minutes and it wasn't finished. And I had to stop it and start it and listen to the rest of it later. So uh, I try to keep them within 60 minutes. But honestly, I could talk to you um, all day. And I know my listeners are going to have loads of questions for you as well. There's always uh, loads of um comments left on the podcast and also on YouTube as well. This is going to go up on YouTube. So, but Patty, before we finish, could you just tell my listeners where they can find out more about you, where they can find, you know, what's the best way to contact you if they want to, or send you a question, where can they find out about, you know, what you do in the makeup pro store, give yourself a, a big shout out. We're going to link to everything in the show notes as well. Perfect. So um, the best way to get me is probably I'm most active on my Instagram, which is Patty McGargan makeup artist. Um, you can also check out the Makeup Pro Store Instagram page as well. But feel free to send me personally anything. I go through all of my Instagrams myself. Um, so if you have any questions, either either about makeup or the, the weight loss um, podcast that we've just spoken about, don't be afraid to get in contact because, yeah, sometimes it's nice just to have a quick chat and just relate to somebody who's been in your position or you maybe just need a bit of direction. Um, because anybody I could help along the way to go from where I felt to how I feel, um, I think it would be really good. I sense a new career coming on for you, Patty. <laughs> no, I don't think Well, so. I'll tell you what, I wasn't, you know, people, I, I don't have a PT qualification. People always say to me, oh, Kim, but you were, you know, are you a PT or nutritionist? I'm like, nothing. I was just a, a 37-year-old mother of four who decided to train for a bodybuilding show. And now I own the world's largest online vegan bodybuilding company. Like, never say it can't be done. All you're doing is sharing your journey with people, your yeah. tips, what works for you. You know, of course, I was hugely knowledgeable because I, unlike you, I'm obsessed with knowledge. I listen, I read, I watch, I apply, I... You know, so that that's really all it takes. Uh, not that you need a career change because you're busy enough as a makeup artist, Patty. Just one more thing. Uh, you sell online, don't you? The Makeup Pro Store makeup sells Pro online. Makeupprostore.co.uk. So we retail lots of different brands and uh, beauty products there. So cult favorites like Makeup Forever. And yeah, you you have a lot of my favorite uh, kit essentials that are available online in our online store. Fantastic. Well, we're going to link to all this in the show notes. Patty, you have been absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for giving up your time today and for sharing your journey so candidly and so openly with my listeners. It was really nice to have another Northern Irish accent on as well, because most of my guests are American. Although the last couple of ones actually have been from England and Northern Ireland. So I think we're starting a trend here. Good stuff. Thank you for having me. Patty, thank you so much. I will speak to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye, honey. How much did you love Patty? Isn't he just amazing? Oh my God, I absolutely adore him. He is such an incredible presenter. He's such an incredible makeup artist. He's a really great friend of mine. But, you know, I'm so, so, so proud of him for what he has achieved and how he's now inspiring others to, to do the same, to achieve what he has achieved. And, you know, the confidence that he now has, is it just shines through in everything that he does. So if you want to talk to Patty, 
definitely reach out to him on Instagram. As you said, he is at Paddy McGurgan Makeup Artist. And we're linking to all of his um, bio and little bits in the sh- in the show notes. So if you want to go click on it, you can do it there or just look him up, send him a DM, tell him you heard him on the podcast and share the love and congratulate him. And you can go and see some of the photos as well. If you even just Google him on, um, or you just Google him, Google Paddy McGurgan, you will see his before and after transformations. It's just amazing. And in fact, um, I definitely want to put the before and after transformations in the show notes. So if you want to see a before and after picture of Paddy, I'm going to ask him to supply that to us and I'm going to put it in the show notes because I think that honestly you have to see it to believe it. So don't forget if you want to listen to or if you want to leave a review of the podcast wherever you're listening to it, leave a review, send it to me. I'm at Kim Constable. No, I'm not at Kim Constable. I am at The Sculpted Vegan on Instagram. Take a screenshot of your review send it through to me nearly choking myself now Um, and you could be in with the chance of winning any Sculpted Vegan program this is your last chance to enter for February all that is left for me to say is thank you so much for listening I love you all so much and I will talk to you next week for another episode of the Kim Constable podcast bye for now